Section 140 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 171. London, June 26th, Old Style, 1752. My dear friend, as I have reason to fear, from your last letter of the 18th New Style from Mannheim, that all, or at least most of my letters to you, since you left Paris, have miscarried, I think it requisite, at all events, to repeat in this the necessary parts of those several letters, as far as they relate to your future motions. I suppose that this will either find you, or be but a few days before you at Bonn, where it is directed, and I suppose, too, that you have fixed your time for going from thence to Hanover. If things turn out well at Hanover, as in my opinion they will, ci sta bene non si muova, stay there till a week or ten days before the king sets out for England. But should they turn out ill, which I cannot imagine, stay, however, a month, that your departure may not seem a step of discontent or peevishness, the very suspicion of which is by all means to be avoided. Whenever you leave Hanover, be it sooner or be it later, where would you go? Le padrone, and I give you your choice. Would you pass the months of November and December at Brunswick, Castle, etc.? Would you choose to go for a couple of months to Ratisbonne, where you would be very well recommended to, and treated by the king's electoral minister, the Baron de Baer, and where you would improve your jus publicum? Or would you rather go directly to Berlin, and stay there till the end of the carnival? Two or three months at Berlin are, considering all circumstances, necessary for you, and the carnival months are the best, pour le reste décider un dernier réseau, et s'en appelle comme d'abus. Let me know your decree, when you have formed it. Your good or ill success at Hanover will have a very great influence upon your subsequent character, figure, and fortune in the world. Therefore I confess that I am more anxious about it than ever bride was on her wedding night, when wishes, hopes, fears, and doubts tumultuously agitate, please, and terrify her. It is your first crisis. The character which you will acquire there will, more or less, be that which will abide by you for the rest of your life. You will be tried and judged there, not as a boy, but as a man, and from that moment there is no appeal for character. It is fixed. To form that character advantageously, you have three objects particularly to attend to. Your character as a man of morality, truth, and honor, your knowledge in the objects of your destination as a man of business, and your engaging and insinuating address, air, and manners as a courtier, the sure and only steps to favor. Merit at courts, without favor, will do little or nothing. Favor, without merit, will do a good deal, but favor and merit together will do everything. Favor at courts depends upon so many, such trifling, such unexpected and unforeseen events, that a good courtier must attend to every circumstance, however little, that either does or can happen. He must have no absences, no distractions. He must not say, I did not mind it, who would have thought it? He ought to have minded, and ought to have thought it. A chambermaid has sometimes caused revolutions in courts which have produced others in kingdoms. Were I to make my way to favor in a court, I would neither willfully nor by negligence give a dog or a cat there reason to dislike me. Two pièces grèche, well instructed, you know, made the fortune of Dunun with Louis the Thirteenth. Every step a man makes at court requires as much attention and circumspection as those which were made formerly between hot ploughshares, in the ordeal, 
or fiery trials, which in those times of ignorance and superstition were looked upon as demonstrations of innocence or guilt. Direct your principal battery at Hanover at the D of Enns. There are many very weak places in that citadel, where, with a very little skill, you cannot fail making a great impression. Ask for his orders in everything you do. Talk Austrian and anti-Gallican to him, and as soon as you are upon a foot of talking easily to him, tell him, and badenant, that his skill and success in thirty or forty elections in England leave you no reason to doubt of his carrying his election for Frankfurt, and that you look upon the Archduke as his member for the Empire. In his hours of festivity and computation, drop that he puts you in mind of what Sir William Temple says of the pensionary de Witt, who at that time governed half Europe, that he appeared at balls, assemblies, and public places, as if he had nothing else to do or to think of. When he talks to you upon foreign affairs, which he will often do, say that you really cannot presume to give any opinion of your own upon those matters, looking upon yourself at present only as a postscript to the corps diplomatique, but that if his grace will be pleased to make you an additional volume to it, though but in duodecimo, you will do your best that he shall neither be ashamed nor repent of it. He loves to have a favorite, and to open himself to that favorite. He has now no such person with him. The place is vacant, and if you have dexterity you may fill it. In one thing alone do not humor him, I mean drinking, for, as I believe, you have never yet been drunk, you do not yourself know how you can bear your wine, and what a little too much of it may make you do or say. You might possibly kick down all you had done before. You do not love gaming, and I thank God for it but at Hanover I would have you show and profess a particular dislike to play, so as to decline it upon all occasions, unless where one may be wanted to make a fourth at whist or quadrille, and then take care to declare it the result of your complaisance, not of your inclinations. Without such a precaution you may very possibly be suspected, though unjustly, of loving play, upon account of my former passion for it, and such a suspicion would do you a great deal of hurt, especially with the king, who detests gaming. I must end this abruptly. God bless you. End of section 140. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.